0: Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I am so excited about another episode of our podcast. Many of you know or have heard our mission statement, but I will share it with those that are unfamiliar with it. All In Sports Outreach exists to share the hope and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to promote unity and racial reconciliation. We're going to talk about that today with today's guest. I'm excited for you to hear from Kevin Washington. He's uh, married to Jordan, originally from the Houston area. He currently serves as the the director of player development for the University of Texas. We'll talk about that role a lot in this conversation. He's a solid man of faith. Um, He's got a background in serving full time with FCA as a college athletics chaplain. Both actually he and his wife have served in those roles in the past. So I'm excited for you to hear from him and his story and his passion for Christ. So let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Kevin. No problem. Thanks for having me on. looking forward to it, today. You bet. So, I know there's listeners that um, aren't familiar with you and your background, so I thought it'd be good if you'd start with sharing a little bit about yourself, about your family growing up, you know, in the state of Texas where football is is huge. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so, I was born in um, Mississippi, so born in next Mississippi, really small town. Uh, both my parents were there, but I was raised over in Houston, Um, Just got involved with sports really early. My dad played uh, football and basketball growing up, so got to follow in his footsteps a little bit. Uh, Definitely used his number uh, as my number for the first uh, couple years until it didn't really matter about numbers anymore. Um, But also have a younger, bigger brother, and I call him that because he's five years younger, probably about 100 pounds heavier, and about four or five inches taller than me, but I can still take him, so it's all good. (laughs) And then mom uh, works for the government. She uh, examines the banks. Has always uh, been a reader. It's part of what uh, got me into reading a whole lot, and doing a lot of different things. Um, didn't play sports herself. And usually when she was watching us play sports, she was counting down because she had the uh, five-second rule. Like you get tackled and you get five seconds to get up or I'm coming on the field. So oh, wow. <laughs> she was counting a lot there in the games and everything else. But uh, that's my family. Uh, grew up, like I said, the Houston area. Um, yeah, that's my family. A little bit of the background. Uh, just about, you know, football. So got into it early, played it, loved it. Um, had a had a gift for it, so I got to play it for a little bit longer, and then the passion kind of brought me to where I am now.
0: Did you Did you play any other sports growing up?
1: Yeah, so I tried to play as much as I could. Anything I could get into, I would be playing. And I played every sport when I was a little kid. Then when I got towards middle school, high school, it was. Um, more basketball, football, track and field. And then as I got even older into high school, it was just basketball and football until eventually it was just football Yeah, in college.
0: So you mentioned playing football in college. You went on to play at Notre Dame. Talk about the recruiting process and how you ended up at a, at Notre Dame being from Sugar Land, Texas.
1: <laughs> yeah, Um it was interesting because recruiting now, like as I'm sitting here working with players and working with guys that we're recruiting now and everything, like it's completely different. So there's mm. still obviously official visits and unofficial visits, but man, it's a whole nother beast now. And for me, it was almost to the point where I didn't even realize that you could play football in college. That was cool because there was that pressure. I was just enjoying the game, playing ball, and then they came and watched another one of our players and saw me and then started getting recruited from that with different letters and. Got to go on a couple of visits, which is really cool. Went up to Notre Dame. Um, just really enjoyed that. It was different. Uh, I was recruited for Coach to play for Coach Willingham, but mm. as soon as I got there, he got fired. So I never got to play for him, and I was there for Coach Weiss's first four years. That was an interesting uh, time and definitely eye-opening to a lot of different things. But, I mean, when I went up there, I, I really liked what Coach Willingham was selling as a man and as a coach. Love the opportunity at Notre Dame, just because of the name recognition. Yeah, just the academics as well. And so, to me, it was the best of both worlds. Um, they had their own broadcasting channel with NBC, how they call it. Um, and the academics are really good. And so, I figured, all right, so football, if you do well, you'll be all right academically. If you do well, you'll be all right. I like the coach here, and I was like, why not? I also wasn't a wasn't really interested in a big big school. So when I got to some of the bigger schools, I was like, I don't really know if this is for me. And so I got to Notre Dame, smaller campus. I could deal with that. That was that was more my speed, my style, and that's what helped make the decision. Wow. <laughs> ended up in South Bend, Indiana, which I had no clue where Notre Dame was before; I hadn't even heard of it. And ended up committing up there, and then taking taking my time and four years up at Notre Dame.
0: So I mean, quite the honor to play at a school like Notre Dame. What was it like? Um, putting on that gold helmet for the first time.
1: (laughs) It was crazy because they actually spray painted it gold. I know they don't do that anymore. Uh, They changed up some of the traditions over there, Uh, which is a little bit unfortunate, but, you know, they're trying to evolve, so that's what they thought they had to do. Um, But it was was crazy just putting on the helmet, and you got the whole spray painted things. They actually had the, the, the gold spray paint they put on there, the gold dust and everything iconic uniforms that hadn't changed up to that point. You're walking down with a tunnel kind of blaring, and you just run out of that tunnel, and everybody's yelling, and you're just on that, that same old field, which is good. Uh, it, was a, <laughs> it was a fun experience and one that I definitely appreciated. There were some ups and downs, most definitely. But there was a lot of good times, a lot of good things that God did in me as I was learning to be a man as I was growing up in South Bend.
0: That's awesome. And you graduated after four years, and then you finished your um, play in a, at Abilene Christian um, here in Texas, and talk about that. I mean, going from a place like Notre Dame and then transferring to ACU.
1: Yeah, so had time left over because I graduated my first year but was taking care of academics, so I graduated, had one year left over, and honestly, at that point, I was a little bit burnt out. I was like, all right, I've seen football be a business, and I'm not really interested in that. don't know if I want to play anymore. And was trying to weigh what are my job opportunities, what are the different options I have. Realized that, I was a little bit unprepared there too and uh, didn't have great prospects I had some okay ones but not ones that I was really eager about and you know through, uh, through the word of mouth a couple coaches had heard that I had a year left over, might be interested in playing and heard about ACU so I started talking to them just a little bit, wasn't super interested but Coach Chris Thompson was the head coach there now and it's awkward because now, not awkward but ironic because he's actually coaching over at TCU right now mm. <laughs> so we're seeing each other on the opposing side of the field right now. But he was the head coach at ACU at the time and brought me in. And he told me, he said, the whole thing is, hey, I want to make uh, godly men. And Damn. we're going to win a whole bunch of ball games trying to do that. And I said, okay, well, I'll listen to you because that's a real thing. Because by this time, I was, a, I was a born-again believer. I said, that's for real. If you're really trying to help us grow towards the Lord, but then also want to win games, I can, I can deal with that. I can do that. And went down there to Abilene, had never heard of Abilene either, <laughs> <laughs> but went down there. I uh, got a little bit of taste of West Texas, enjoyed it, and then uh, went ahead and spent the next two years at Abilene just because I, uh, it was Division two at the time and got to spend two years playing because you can kind of break that time in half if you do it the right way. And so I got to play two more years of college football down at Abilene Christian, and it was, a, it was a really good experience. Got to draw my faith and got to actually step out and utilize that and kind of start that process of what does it look like to actually compete for Christ and how do I actually take what I believe and turn it back to the field so it was a really good opportunity to do that
0: that's awesome so that's good transition to to talk about faith you mentioned um, at that point you're a born-again believer um, what point in your life did that happen where you said you know what I need a relationship with Jesus I can't trust um, what my works or any religion it's mm-hmm. it's that relationship with Jesus when did that become real to you.
1: Yeah, I grew up with my mom taking us to church. So mm-hmm. my mom always takes us to church. Grew up in that kind of environment and I tell people I knew all the words. I could talk to you with the Christian lingo. I just didn't know what the words meant. Yeah. So I could tell you about Jesus, I couldn't tell you who he was mm. personally in my life. And it wasn't until I got to college that I realized I'd really just been chasing God and his blessings instead of God himself. Um, you know i was the okay kid and in high school didn't do anything super crazy where you would think you know what that little boy needs jesus um but wasn't doing anything great either so it's kind of like in this little middle ground where i would go to church i read the bible every now and then and do all that but didn't have a personal relationship it wasn't until i got to notre dame and things didn't go my way the way i thought they should or, or the way i wanted them to go and i started kind of Spiraling, just saying like, Lord, why am I even here? What am I doing? And there was a there was a pastor there that I was really faithful in. You know, from my freshman year all the way till now. You know, we're talking, and he would invite me to church and Bible studies, and I'd be able to come over the house and just eat with him and his his wife and his family whenever they were back in town, and just got to continually share the gospel. And eventually, you know, I mean, remember Colossians 3:23 being one of those verses where it says, "Man, whatever you do, do it enthusiastically, is for the Lord, not mm-hmm. for man." And I'm like, man, I'm not doing anything for you. <laughs> I'm going hard and I'll pray every now and then and I'll, I'll ask for your help when I need it or when I want something. But ultimately I'm going for your blessings. I want you to put me on the field and then I'll give you the interview that says, Oh, thank you, Lord. because You gave me all this, but you know, I didn't care anything about God at that point. and And it was there when I started to see that and heard the gospel that Christ had died for my sins mm. and there were things I was still doing. Um, that he would show me the, the true substance of those. And I was like, okay, you're. I actually believe you're better now. Let me go figure out how and why. And that's when I got to, to study up a little bit, grew in the faith, grew in the understanding of what I was actually chasing in football could only be found through faith. And that's when I say it happened probably on my junior year um, of college. And that's when things just started. I mean, things shifted tremendously for me as I began to uh, follow the Lord at that point.
0: Awesome. That's what a testimony. And that's a I think that happens to a lot of people um that grow up going to church is I was one of those. You know, I know I knew what to say. Um, <laughs> exactly. And To your point, I may not have understood what I was saying, but I, I had all the right answers. Um, yeah,
1: I think that's probably one of the hardest parts is when you think you have all the right answers, you don't understand all the answers. So it's like when teachers would tell me to show, like, you know, in math problems, they say, hey, you need to show your work and how you got to that answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I still didn't like it when they made me do it in math, but I can understand it in faith for sure because sometimes, and that's what I see a lot working with, you know, just different athletes is they have these answers, but they never actually dug into them themselves. And so when those answers actually seem to fail, it makes it harder for them to trust Christ. And they're like, well, I, I, I prayed for God to do this and that. It didn't work. And so they may try and leave the faith or think that God doesn't actually Hear them, and I'm like, well, that's actually not how God said things would work. That's not what God promised, and and maybe you've been holding on to something that God really didn't say was there. Um, and that's just something I've, I've seen, I saw in my own life, but then also see sometimes with some of our younger uh, believers or people that are interested in Christ.
0: Yeah, very true, very true. That's a, that's a good reminder. Um, so let's continue to talk a little bit about your story um, after college, both you and your wife, whom you met in high mm-hmm. school. Um began both serving as, as chaplains um and being called to serve through FCA full time. You've um you served there at ACU and, and then University of Houston as well. Talk about that experience of serving with FCA um around you know, around the college athletics.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, an amazing time. So my wife and I, like you said, met in high school and uh, actually dated for our first year of college but then we uh kind of broke it off after that for a long distance and stuff and kept in touch and everything but uh, when I got back to Avalon Christian is when we, we I kind of rekindled everything and got our relationship going got married and I was working full-time with FCA and I was ministering to athletes and my wife um, wasn't at that time but she would just spend so much time with the girls and coaches that they're kind of like hey why don't you do the same thing with the women's teams and we're like absolutely And we got to jump on and do that with the three schools that are in Abilene. You got Abilene Christian, Hardin Simmons, and McMurray. Uh And so we just got to serve as kind of tri-college chaplains for all three of those universities. It was great. Uh, Got to do a lot of camps across Texas. So we got a lot of relationships with different high school kids and middle school kids, bringing college athletes into discipleship relationships and mentorships. And it was just tremendous to be able to say, you know what? We understand this life. My wife played softball uh, when I played football in college. And and we understand this life. We understand some of these needs. And there is a, a huge need for Christ everywhere, but especially in sports as well. That's right. And we just really, we really enjoy that time to be able to make Christ real just through relationship. And a lot of times people forget just because these athletes look like they got everything going on that they are the same kids that'll sit in your office and play on their iPhone and play different games all the time or they want to come in and talk about movies or, oh my gosh, this girl or this guy, and <laughs> you just sit and listen, like, they got to grow up too. And a lot of times that can be can be forgotten, and so when you can bring them into your home and, and say, hey, let's just hang out for a little bit, watch a movie, let's, let's eat something, let's cook together, it would be, you know, it's, it's amazing to be able to do that and FCA provided us that opportunity um, in Avalanche for about three years. Um, and then, we had the opportunity to go to Houston when another one of our uh, another one of our staff members who was working in Houston went over to A&M and there, that opening happened at the University of Houston to be chaplain in that department and they hadn't had a uh, male and female chaplain and so they asked if we'd be interested. We were both from the Houston area so it made sense to go back there. Both of our families were there and we went back served at U of H which was also amazing. We got to learn a lot just from west texas abilene to h-town oh yeah into houston (laughs) houston um third ward university as they call it sometimes i mean it's got its own kind of charm its own kind of culture it's awesome and it's cool to see you know god be god in both those places and how we got the opportunity to interact with with people in abilene and in houston we've got lifelong uh, relationships and friendships from from the people there, from some of the girls that you know, Jordan's ministered to, some of the guys that she spent. It's been tremendous to be able to do that, and then, like I said, traveling around camps, doing all the good things you get to do with FCA. It was, it was, it was a tremendous experience, and we loved working for FCA. It was, it was a great time.
0: Awesome, and then that's where you met Coach Herman, and then he asked you mm-hmm. to join his staff at the University of Texas, where you are now. You're the director of player mm-hmm. development. Um, what is a director of player development? Um, <laughs> and you know, kind of what's your, what's the main focus and role?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I get that question all the time. I'm still like director, but that sounds really fancy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, uh, it's just that trying to develop our guys. And so I am responsible for trying to help our guys develop the young men. I like to tell the parents a lot of times when they come in, I try to make sure that their muscles don't outweigh the maturity mm. just because they're going to get a whole lot bigger when they get in here. We want to make sure that head can still fit inside a helmet. <laughs> but the main thing is I, I break it down into to three C's and it's character, community, and career. And so I focus on their character as young men, who can they develop into because who you are is more important than what you do. And trying to get them to understand that that's actually a reality. Um, community service is next because once you figure out who you are, if you figure out what you're passionate about, who do you want to give back to, then the next thing, career, comes a lot a lot simpler. And I know who I am, what I'm passionate about, and in careers, how do I want to give back? How do I want to do this, you know, throughout my life? And so I focus on those three Cs. Um, I will, you know, help with recruiting, just kind of like a big brother, mentor. I've been called a brother dad before, which I'm not really sure what that means. Um, <laughs> but some of the guys like, hey, you're basically a brother dad. And I'm like, all right, well, that's interesting. But just be another voice that they can come. Uh, listen to or hear from, and you know, bounce things off of. And you know, Coach Herman and I have a great relationship where I can come and talk to guys, or guys can come talk to me. And, and he lets me keep that between us, and he doesn't expect me to go back and tell things. He thinks that he to have that that outlet, that personnel just talk to him. And that's what I do. My main focus and role. I also get to do um, our chaplain services too. So I'll do Bible studies with our guys and some of the coaches, and then also do the chapels on night before games and then do our, our Sunday chapel services as well and so I just get to really in my estimation do what I think we're all called to do as believers is, is love people holistically
0: wow and if I'm That's telling true. you
1: about the gospel and I'm telling you about what God wants to do and what Jesus has done then I can follow that up with hey let me help you get a job or, let me help you walk through this hard time or hey I know you just lost somebody why don't you come to the house and you know Jordan uh, my wife and I will We'll just love on you something. Cook up something or go get you your favorite, you know, whatever it is. And so um, that's how I look at the role. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to do it. But it's just loving these uh, young men into adulthood so they can be completely prepared to use all that potential they have, not just on the field, but all. Yeah,
0: Man, that's awesome. I love that. I wrote that down, character, community, career. I think that's something that, like you said, we all believers, if we looked at people through that a similar lens, that's uh, – mm-hmm. I think we could – Love people a little bit better. That's good. Is there one or two players you've worked with um, as a chaplain or your current role that you know maybe you've seen just God get a hold of and work in a big way? You don't have to name names, but mm-hmm. I just think it'd be good for listeners to hear you know one or two quote unquote success stories, if you will, of just seeing God get a hold of a young man's heart and and and, and do some big things.
1: Okay. Um, man, there's so many. <laughs> God has been God has been gracious despite <laughs> who He's using. Um, because I know if it's just been me, it's like what's going on. But oh man, there's there's a couple. Um, I know one. It was just awesome. We had an athlete that was honestly working through struggling with uh, same sex attraction, and I uh, had been in that lifestyle, and. I love to say that we did something, but we really didn't do anything. We just, um, got to love on this athlete and walk with him. And, you know, they read a verse and God spoke to him and I said, all right, I need to start looking into this a little bit more. And it's been just amazing as we got to walk with that athlete and still have a great relationship with them to say that they have, you know, come out of that and the fact that they are, they are battling that, that sin, that, that understanding of it, that they see that God loves them, that they're not any different than anybody else that sins, um, And that they are actually leading ministries in different ways now. And it's amazing to see them bring in other people and say, Hey, Jesus loves you and let me be a let me be a connection point. And and that to me has been one of one of the big ones just to see God work in that way and just say, Okay, Lord, like we look at this and we look at Paul's words and he says, Man, I'm the chief among sinners and we laugh and kinda think, Aha, well, you know, that's Paul, but like no, he uses all of us. He uses everybody and this athlete, not trying to say that they're cheap among sinners at all, um, but as athlete, this has been a testament to, to show that God is great and will use people. And so it's been tremendous to see just the way they've sparked off ministry, hosting their own Bible studies and um, serving in the church and getting different roles and being asked to do different things and, and fighting sin and enjoying God and encouraging so many people. And it's been tremendous to watch that. Um, would be one, and then um, there's another that I'm thinking of that, um, was struggling a little bit. And so was a, you know, high performer as an athlete. And unfortunately when you're in athletics, like high performance kind of feeds on itself because you do perform well and you want to keep performing well and you have to perform well. And so it's just it's kind of acidic cycle where the more you get, the more you have to perform and that goes against what the gospel says. And it was really cool to be able to sit with him over the past you know, couple of years And say, okay, well, you want to perform well, God wants you to live well. Why do those two have to be in competition? And was able to really just walk through and say, Well, how would God have you compete? And what would God have you to focus on? And would those things negate what you're going after in your sport? And you know the answer is no. But if you live the way that God has asked you to live, it negates some of those those how do I say emotions or feelings? of anxiety or maybe like a like slight depression where it's like, oh my gosh, so I'm not good enough. I'm not doing this and worried about the future and worried about people's thoughts and what they're thinking about them and what's going to happen if I don't perform well. It's like, all right, well, hold on. Jesus answers those those questions. And It's been really cool um, to, to have that relationship where we can kind of talk through a few things when things are going well, when things are going bad. And we even got to a point where you know, I was able to talk to the athlete and he and, and came out and said, hey, is how I'm feeling after a game. And I'm like, no, that's that's honestly selfish, don't you think? He said, yeah, that's based off of me and what I want instead of what God wants. And to be able to get to that point with a college athlete is amazing. And so we're just sitting there talking and, you know, no tears are shed because we're too tough for that. That's not true. There were a few tears shed. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were going to say, like, hey, this is, this is the pressure and this is – the mentality of what happens when we're living for ourselves and for people instead of for God. And it's been great to be able to have that conversation and have real ones like that to where you can see like, you know what? When I start to get my eyes off of Christ and off of God, there are a lot of effects with how I play, how I feel, how I live. But when I focus on Christ and the gift that he's given, an opportunity that he's provided, things go a little bit smoother. Things go a little bit better. I Had, hadn't been there. It was going to be easy. And he understands that it doesn't mean, hey, you're gonna go, you know, be amazing every single time you do something, but he understands there's a bigger, a bigger way to play, a better way to play, and a better way to live. And that God makes a better God than football or basketball or track or swimming or whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, man, that's that's a good word. I was talking to, I mean, it seems like the last I've talked to probably three or four people in the last couple of weeks, and you know, and their central theme, if you will, of when they were playing college athletics was that the biggest struggle is identity, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and student athletes seeing that their identity is not in a football uniform or on the soccer field or whatever, that it's truly is in Christ. And that that's just the biggest struggles. That's, that's good.
1: No, that's, I mean, that's tremendous. I mean, it's tremendous to understand and hard to actually do something about unless you're being very intentional because, I mean, I'm thinking about myself from you know little little kids' age until college, like, all you do is football. And if you know anything about I mean I say football, that's any sport, but any sport that you do at a collegiate level, I mean it's taking the majority of your time. And so right. that's how people look at you, it's the conversations they start, it's what they want to ask you about. Um, one of the things I do with our athletes to try to help them see this is I think in Deuteronomy six, um, they're talking about like the Shema and they're saying, you know, Hero Israel, Lord your God, the Lord is one. They say these words, God's command you to be on your heart. You should talk about them uh, when you lay down, when you rise up, when you walk um, by the way, put them on the doorpost of your house, put them on um, your son, your hands as signs, your head as frontlets. And I'm like, all right, well, God says his word should be what we talk about, laying down, waking up as we walk. And I said, doesn't it seem like that's what we do with sports a lot more? Mm. We talk about our sport when we wake up. We talk about our sport when we lay down. When I'm walking the class, when I'm walking here and there, people are asking me about my sport. I got... Helmets and hats and beanies and headbands with my my sport logo, my school logo, my whatever. And all these things revolved around sport. And so it's it's easy to see why our identity is so placed into sports, because if I'm giving everything to this sport, you know, I'm giving twenty seven hours out of a day to this sport, but I'm not succeeding or I'm not winning or I'm not playing. Well, everyone else around me, and even myself says, Well then it seems like you're doing a waste of time. Mm. But it's, that's when we get to enter Christ and say, well, well, nothing we do for Christ is a waste of time. And although these people may be trying to judge me about my sport, I know that God judges me by who Christ is. and Christ is perfect. Therefore, I'm free to be more than just an athlete. Um, so sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. No, that's no, that's ones. a
0: <laughs> that's a that's a very good reminder for I mean, even folks outside of sports is that it's easy mm-hmm. to talk about what we do or whatever versus you know, like you said, is focused on Christ and not everything else around us. That's mm-hmm. very good. I mean, it,
1: it's fun. I mean, there's no saying you can't talk about that kind of stuff. You know, those are those are things that we enjoy. But it's just, that shouldn't be the only thing that we talk about or ask about. And, yeah, I think that's one of the, the biggest reasons that plague athlete transitions when they get out of college and they get out of professional life is just, I mean, they never invest anywhere else, mm. which is where I think I think as Christians we have an awesome Platform into not platform, an awesome opportunity with athletes to say, "Hey, this way of thinking, this way of life, this truth, will make sure that you give your best in your sport, but then also make sure that you're not left alone without your sport."
0: Mm. Yeah, because how many of them, in reality, in in your case, and dealing just with college football, how many will actually go on to play at the next level?
1: it's 1.6 percent?
0: yeah i mean very very small so.
1: <laughs> so. yeah so i mean we try to tell our guys that too i mean it's just i mean it's so real I mean, it's true it's a reality it's not to be a downer but it's like even and we tell our guys even if you do like if you do go to the league most nfl players are done by the age of 26
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> and lord willing you got a lot longer to live than, than 26
0: yeah amen yeah that's that's very good um the next thing I wanted to ask you about was last year you took a couple guys or uh, from the team there down to Argentina on a mission trip. You met Scott Jackson, uh-huh. which Scott yep. was just on um, an episode um, a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. that's actually how you and I connected was through Scott. So <laughs> yep. talk about taking, taking guys outside, you know, there in Austin, beautiful city, you know, prestigious (laughs) university, University of Texas, taking them down out of the country to Argentina. Talk about um, taking them down there to serve and kind of the impact it had on them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was an awesome opportunity Uh, just through a friend of a friend said that people were looking for, Hey, would you want to do a football mission trip? And I'm like, yeah, man, football and mission. That sounds amazing. (laughs) How do we continue to connect those? And, you know, through that, got in touch with Scott, and we got two of our guys to go down there with us, and it was it was phenomenal. I mean, just even the beginning process of our right, guys got to get passports, and mm. let's get ready to travel all over the place. And I mean, you got to think about this: we got we got guys that are that are used to traveling on team planes, and I'm not going to go into all of that, that entails, but right, <laughs> but but traveling, you know, with a plane full of just football people is different than traveling commercial having to go through customs and having to go through everything else and it was just an awesome experience um just to get ready and so we got into argentina and things got real when we realized that english were the subtitles <laughs> and mm-hmm. so usually we're in airports and you got you know spanish other languages in the subtitles we can read everything else in english but english were the subtitles when we got uh, to argentina we're like all right this is really here we're we're, we're here and it was great to be in another country, another culture that do things differently from us, that um, speak a different language than us. And it was really cool because we talk about it all the time that sports uh, is bilingual. It can, it can speak any language, but so is the gospel. And it's really cool to see other believers, other brothers and sisters that love the Lord, that have uh, given their lives to go uh, serve in other countries. Um, or just live in other countries but still love and serve the same Lord. And it was great. We had guys that were all kinds of different age ranges coming out to play football. Our guys loved it. It was a a good reminder to be thankful for the opportunity to have here just because it's it's so much different. Hmm. But they got to be coaches for a while, and I think they came back with a little bit more appreciation for kind of how coaches do what they do and the things that are easy to take for granted. We're able to share the gospel, their testimonies and stories about what the gospel meant to them and how that helps them and so they think to compete um and then we got a little bit of argentine culture in there too over in Cordoba. and it was great food was amazing um not sure if you've ever been but if anybody asked you to go to an asado you need to go because it is a whole bunch of great tasting meats and they just keep bringing them all out oh wow it was oh it was amazing Um, so it was a really good time for them to get outside of their comfort zones. We talk about that a lot. I think it's really important for athletes, anybody really, but athletes to get outside their own bubbles and comfort zones. And that's something that you definitely do whenever you go to another country.
0: That's right. That was
1: really cool. Got to experience it, got to share the gospel, got to hear that. And I actually got to reconnect with a pastor of mine from Abilene. And so he was a pastor of mine in Abilene that had moved, um, to Cordoba to do missions. And so oh, wow. it was cool because he was in Cordoba too. So we all got to uh, link up together. Scott knew him really well. And it was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, eye-opening. And it just kind of made us hungry for a little bit more to say, all right, how do we continue to serve God and, and find creative ways to share Christ?
0: That's awesome. I was just, what blew me away in talking to Scott was how big American football is down there. Um Yeah. And actually meeting a couple guys from Argentina he had here um, earlier in the fall kind of doing a football tour um, and meeting them at a here at a, at, a, at a high school game here and and just hearing that it's guys from all ages, adults that play football, so just oh, the, yes. you know and just the platform that that he has, and guys like you that go down there to to share the gospel through something that, like you said, speaks to all languages, and that's sports and that 's just um, Amazing how you know you find um, common ground through through sports, which kind of leads me to the next question I mentioned in our intro um, as an organization, our mission statement is, is to share the hope and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and promote unity and and we added racial reconciliation in that because you know it's no secret that we're in a divided culture, but mm-hmm. you know sports is the one thing I believe that does unite people and whether it's football basketball baseball whatever the sport for whatever time that you're at that game or at that practice it seems like they're you know you, you are that team and the division goes away so I'm just curious if you have experienced an example of how you've seen sports um kind of help bridge some gaps where there is division
1: yeah I think it I mean, it's just a melding pot, and it's just been amazing. So you see guys have conversations that they wouldn't have outside of a football team, that they wouldn't have outside of a track team or a basketball mm-hmm. team. I mean, you're bringing in people, and maybe not so much football, but in different sports like swimming, diving, tennis, things like that, where you're bringing in people from different countries, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a whole new kind of cultural experience, but they can have those kind of conversations, and you can ask the questions that may be awkward to ask someone that you don't know. Mm. And so, some of the guys on the team can ask some of our black guys on the team, like, hey, I've heard this before. How do you feel about this? Or what do you think about that? Or is this really true? Where honestly, you know, some people ask that, people be afraid they might get punched in the face. Like, why would you say that? And on a football team, it's different. It's like, you sweat with me, you bled with me, Mm. you've been cussed out with me, you've woken up with me, you've been punished with me. Yeah. you've done all of this and it's like we're brothers and so you may not completely get it and i may check you a little bit and say hey you know maybe not that way but there's that shared experience Mm. that allows for conversation to be deeper and it's like i'm gonna give you a pass because you're not someone who is saying this to be rude you're not someone who is gonna have a a conference and then i'll never see again which is sometimes hard because we could have conferences on things or A big sunday or a big saturday meeting but i don't know you i'm not going to see you again so it's hard for me to invest time or to be completely open and vulnerable whereas on a team it's like no you know these guys like you know who they are where they're from where they're at you know their shortcomings you know that they're annoying in certain areas and you know that they're gifted in certain areas and Mm. it's just it's just allowing you know that team to be able to say hey this is where we're at and I can ask this question and that, that happens in athletics um, naturally because you've been through so much. And I yeah. think that is something that we can't, we can't overlook and need to be so thankful for because we all have a common goal whenever we are on the same team. Um, and that common goal is going to be easier to reach whenever we're all united on one front. And the closer you get to the team, the better you play as a team. So you might as well ask some of those hard questions to get some of those, those hard things to, to get out.
0: Yeah, that's good. Very good. Um, A lot of our listeners, uh, we have a lot of student athletes and and coaches that listen. So I want to ask you to offer some advice or encouragement to them. Um, You and I have talked before. Athletics is a platform. Um, Mm -hmm. You've mentioned it here in this conversation, too. And um, it can be used for good or bad. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's no secret that right now it's a little more difficult for Coaches and student athletes, especially even at the middle school, high school level, to to live openly, boldly live out their faith in the schools. So, what advice mm-hmm. would you offer somebody that um, is a believer but kind of but is struggling with um, living it out boldly in that public setting like that?
1: Yeah, um, honestly, I would say if you want to seek to to be kind of like the best athlete, best coach you can be, even in that public setting and seek Christ in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Because I think unfortunately there's a disconnect between being a Christian and being a competitor. Mm. For some reason, I don't understand why. I think the, the biggest kind of knock on Christian athletes that we used to be, or maybe still are seen as just kind of the guys that aren't that competitive. we were the ones that say, Hey, it's okay. Everybody wins. And it's like, well, what? Like, no, everybody does not win. There are losers and it's okay mm-hmm. that there are losers in competition. It doesn't mean you're a loser at life, but you lost his competition. Um, and I think if you actually see Christ in your athletics, that will be part of what allows people to see that light. So I think of Matthew um, 5 and when Jesus is giving us from the mountain, he talks about, like, you are the light of the world. Um, and I think that we downplay that sometimes, but I tell our guys, like, if you're the light of the world, like, God didn't Give you the light to go be put under a basket. Like he wants you to go shine forth. And he says that he says, You're the light of the world that um a city on the hill can't be hidden. He says, Man, I want people to see your light so that when they see your good works, they will give glory to your God in heaven. Mm. Like, and so the more you work, the harder you work, the, the more you work with integrity, um, that will shine to your father in heaven. And that's if you're reflecting it back to him, you know, because obviously athletes and coaches, we can, we can hog that glory for ourselves and want it for ourselves. But, but that's something that they can point back to them. And the question that I always, I always try to get people with, and it usually works. Cause I said, all right, when I tell people you should want to be like Christ when you compete, what do you think their first response is? Hmm. And they're, and they're always like, well, I mean, I, I get it, but I'm trying to win. And that's usually what they say. I'm trying to win or I want to be this and that. I said, okay. So what does that mean that you believe about Jesus? Wow. Because you think trying to be like Jesus puts you in a less place, in a not as favorable place to win, Mm
0: -hmm. which
1: means that you don't think that Jesus is perfect. I don't think that Jesus, the basketball player, misses a jump shot. (laughs) I don't think that Jesus, the football player, makes a bad throw, right? Um, And it's like, man, if, if Jesus is perfect, then why wouldn't we be striving for perfection in everything that we do but not just in our actions, but in our attitudes and our thoughts, the way that we treat people. And we can live then outside of the bubble that people try to place athletes and coaches in where you're here to perform for us. Well, OK, well, you may have an opinion of me, but I know what the opinion of the creator of the universe is because of Christ. I don't I'm not impacted by yours now. Mm. And it's just trying to, to teach coaches and athletes. Like if you seek Christ, if you are actually seeking perfection in everything that you do. You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have the power of the Holy Spirit working through you, you compete completely differently and, and that's what I would tell our coaches and athletes is find out what it means to compete for Christ not just in your actions but also in your thoughts and your words and how do you think about competitors, um, you don't have to hate the guy you're going against, Jesus says love your enemies and people are like well that doesn't work but that's not true, I can hit you as hard as I want to in Jesus name and not have anything <laughs> ill against you Right. And people think that, and I'm like, that's not that's not it at all. But if I think about my competitors properly, and I think about my coaches properly, what if I have a coach I don't like? Well, he addresses how do you work with you know authorities that aren't aren't even good ones. Like God talks to us about that. And sorry, I'm, I just think that we, we we need to see Christ because if we would actually understand what it means to commune with Christ as we compete for Christ, it would change the way that we compete. And I tell our athletes all the time, I said, if I'm watching you practice, I should know you're a Christian athlete by the way that you handle yourself.
0: Wow, that's good. That's very good. I like that. Um, I've gotten, you know, it's always a fun question to ask guys that are um, in your um, doing what you do or former athletes um, to ask him that question because you get a lot of different answers, but a lot of them, if you peel peel it, peel it away a little bit, you're a lot of A lot of folks are answering it kind of the same way, you know, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's how you compete it's not um that whole Christians are soft, everybody wins mm-hmm. um I had one guy say, and this one really stuck with me is that you know he always reminds people um to look at Jesus on the cross mm-hmm. i mean he gave it all he he never gave yeah. up, you know things were bad, it was dark, you know he was nailed to. To a cross, but yet he never gave up you know mm-hmm. he's so good he continued what God had put him there to do and i that is that just when I heard that a couple of months ago, that has stuck with me because i've never heard that kind of brought into the sports world um, but i I kind of dug into it a little bit more and thought about it some more, you know read the account of the crucifixion a couple more times and and um, that was just a great reminder. But it kind of goes to what you were saying as well. That's good. I appreciate that.
1: That's beautiful, yeah.
0: <laughs> so you've mentioned um, several scriptures through this conversation. Do you have like a, you know, some people say a life verse, a favorite verse, or one that maybe um, God has, you know, shown you recently in your own life that you'd share to, to encourage us?
1: Oh, man. Um, Yeah, there's two, but if you can make me pick one, there's been one that has been um, recently been really, really good and has probably made its way into, like, life verse for me. Uh Um, Ephesians 2.10 is just beautiful, amazing, and something that I want to um, be trying to make sure I'm always holding on to. Um, It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he got prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um and to me that that's it because it reminds me of who I am and how I became what I am. It says for we are his workmanship. It's all God's doing that I'm a believer, that I mm-hmm. know Christ, that I know God, and so it's not my own work. I can rest in God's work, but I'm created in Christ Jesus. But I was created for something. I was created for good works. So God created me, He saved me for a purpose to do something. Um, And that might be in sports, that might be in a job, it might be whatever, but that saves me to understand if I don't make it to the professional ranks, that God still has good works, and that's not the only good work that's out there. Um, But it says that God prepared them beforehand, we should walk in them, so I don't have to be afraid of losing that work, I don't have to Mm. be afraid of, what if I mess this up, what if I'm not good enough, what if I... Um, don't know how to start a podcast, and I can't make it really well. It's <laughs> just like, you know what? Maybe you're not supposed to be like Stuart Hardy. Maybe podcasting isn't uh, one of the gifts. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's it, it's a freedom to fail that I still got to get better in because growing up an athlete, being around it so much, it's hard for me. To be like ah, if I'm going to mess up, I don't know. Um, but it's that verse that just reminds me, like, man, I was created in Christ Jesus. He did it, and He created works for me. All I got to do is keep walking. Uh, just trust God. Keep walking. And we'll walk in those works that he's already prepared, that he tailor-made before I even came to Christ before I was even born.
0: Man, I love that verse, but I also have to say, kind of on the side, that if you're holding me and this podcast as your standard... I'm I'm a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> this is amateur at best, amateur at best. But I do appreciate Dad, all it.
1: He <laughs> all he needs is paper. All he needs is So I appreciate
0: yeah, you. Yeah, you bet. Time. No, but you, but you're right though. That fear of failure um, is is alive and well um, mm-hmm. in my life as as well. I mean, I don't nobody. I don't know anybody that wants to fail. So no. so a lot of times that that fear of failure does hold us back. What God has already called us to do and and wants us to do. So that's a, I love that verse. That's a great reminder. Um, that's one that I, I love to go back and and read from time to time as well. That's good. So one more question um, we ask okay. mo- uh, most of the guests that are on here. Um, I think you've answered a lot of it, but I'm going to go ahead and 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 ask it anyway. So okay. you know the the term all in. It's it's all over the sports world. Um, I mean, Clemson even has it on their chin straps, but it's it's just kind of that rally cry, where, you know. We want you to be all in, you know, give us all you got type thing. And it's, um, but it's also something that we're called to do as believers in our walk mm-hmm. with Christ. You've talked a lot about that, but you know, yeah. what does that mean, you know, today for Kevin Washington when he wakes up today? What does being all in for Christ look like in your life, or? <laughs> what do you want it to look like in your life?
1: Yeah, I mean I think honestly for me it's that fear of failure thing getting mm. out there. It's like, man, all in means if you're willing, if I am willing to fail for Christ. Mm. Um is like, you know what? If if you think he's worth it, if I think he's worth it, then all in means I'll go do whatever and it doesn't have to have a guarantee of success. Wow. Um and so that can be sports, relationships, whatever it is, I'm all in on Christ. Um and if I fail, I fail. Um but to me, that that's what all in would be for me is willing to fail for
0: Christ. Yeah, I like man. That's good. I'm I'm writing that down actually um, as a reminder <laughs> for myself because I mean I just talked about the fear of failure, but I, I like that the way you said that that I need to be willing to fail for Christ. I, um, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna write that down as a reminder for me personally, and um, I think that's something that uh, I'm gonna share with with our kids as well. I think that's something that. You know our kids. As a, as a dad, you know we. I don't ever enjoy seeing my kids struggle or or even fail at something. But I think that's a good reminder to tell them um, that you know what, as a believer, you need to be willing to do that. So that's that's good, man. I appreciate it, man. We've covered a lot today. Um, I thank you for your time. Um, I'm I'm thankful that um, that God allowed our paths to cross recently and. Uh, we're able to set this up. I, um, I enjoyed hearing your story and your passion, and and love what you do, and thankful um, that a place like University of Texas has you on staff. That you can can make that that impact in in their lives as far as character, getting them out in the community, and preparing them for for life after college. I appreciate you.
1: No problem. I appreciate you. Thanks for all oh, you're doing, and thanks for having
0: me on. You bet. Wow, we covered a lot in this episode. Um, again, thank you to Kevin for taking the time of his busy schedule to join us today and talk about his story, talk about um, his passion for Christ and helping student-athletes find out who they are in Christ. Um, and I, I was so encouraged. This is one of those episodes where I was uh, trying to balance keeping up with the outline, the questions that we had set up ahead of time with, with taking notes. Um, I wrote down a lot. But just those three words that he focuses on in his current role just really spoke to me, character, community, and career, and just making young young student athletes realize who they are is more important than what they do. And I just think that's something that all of us could be encouraged by, that who we are, our identity is in Christ, is much more important than what I do, whether that's in ministry, on the sports field, as a coach, in the business world, it doesn't matter that it's, it's who we are that, that's what's important. And I just, I, I love that. Um, and the other note that I wrote down was at the very end talking about uh, being all in means that I need to be willing to fail for Christ. That I need to understand that whatever God has planned for me, whatever work that he has called me to do, I need to not be afraid to fail and be willing to fail if that's what he's called me to do. Ephesians two ten, and just to see Christ with everything I do, just a lot of powerful stuff in this episode. So I hope that you enjoyed it. You've been encouraged. Um, You've clearly heard the gospel of who Jesus is, why Jesus came. So I hope that um, you you have that relationship with Jesus and will be all in for Him, um, which is that willing to fail for Jesus. I hope that also not only has it encouraged you, but that you will share this episode with your family and friends that um, that they too may hear the gospel, may be encouraged um, in their walk to be all in. Um, as we always say, we love to hear from you. Uh, you can communicate with us through our Facebook page, All In Sports Outreach. Um, send us a message there. Um, you can keep up with us and Um, for opportunities to pray for us, some different opportunities to give, um, and opportunities to serve with us. Also, we love for you to visit our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Find out any and everything you want to know about our organization, who we are, why we do what we do. Um, And again, you can communicate with us through the website. You can also, um, there see opportunities to pray for us opportunities to serve with us and opportunities to give thank you for listening thank you for sharing this episode with your family and friends and if it has been an encouragement to you as it has to me I ask you to go to iTunes leave us a review the more reviews we get the greater the platform um, that God has given us to continue to share the gospel through media until next time be all in